Thank you for listening to My Best Living Pod. We are currently accepting applications for advertisement and sponsorships. You can reach us at mybestlivingpod or mybestlivingpod at gmail.com. Thank you. Hello, welcome to um, another episode of uh, My Best Eleven podcast. We'd like to welcome on this week a player who has played um, for a number of teams, came through the ranks at Luton and then spent a bit of time at Selhurst Park for the Eagles, but has spent the majority of his career working and spending his time up north with the Latics. Um, if you haven't guessed it so far, yes, it is Mr. Emerson Boyce. Welcome, Emerson Boyce. How are you, sir? I'm great, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, awesome. Um, and of course, as ever, we have my co-host and co-founder of this podcast, Marvin Johnson. How are you, Marv? Good morning, Andrew. I'm good, thank you. Good morning, Boise. I know it's not morning to you, but good afternoon. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be here and interviewing another ex-teammate of mine. <clears throat> it's going to be awesome, so we'll get straight into it. Now, the first thing we, we always ask is, Um, I gave you a little bit of a clue there, but maybe we'll chuck in Alfredson as well. We wanted to add in a bit of a quiz at the start. Can you tell me the nickname of every single team you've ever played for? The nicknames. The nicknames. I'm putting you on the spot here. This is one we don't tell you about. Yeah, you've got to get Luton's one, obviously. You must know the nickname of a Luton. Yeah, hatters. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, you put the question. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah the hatters, yeah. Um, eagles, the um, latics, and the seaside. I don't know. I don't know. Blackpool's one. I think it's seasiders. Maybe. Is he right? It's the seasiders or the tangerines. Is what they're also oh, called. Tangerines. Well. That's the one. Yeah, tangerines. That orange kit. <laughs> It is. It must be orange. Orange has appealed you. Obviously, when you were at Luton, they weren't wearing orange. I don't think too much. Maybe a bit. Were they with the Skefco on the front? One of, yeah. One of our kits was the orange. Remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So orange must, must follow me around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to think of Wigan. I think we had some dodgy kits at Wigan as well. So, um, yeah. Luton, Blackpool and um, thing were the orange ones. So, yeah. Blackpool. So, yeah. It was all good. And you're now, of course, playing at, um, you come out of retirement. Um, elite athlete. Um, pl- coming out of retirement. Um, playing for Alfredson Town. Yeah, Ashton Town. Yeah, come out there. Um, Sorry, Ashton. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, so basically, the reason why I come out of retirement was uh, the chairman of um, Ashton Town, Mark Mark Hayes. He does a lot for Joseph Gold, who's um, you know the ambassador I am um, at. Um, he was our lucky mascot in a, in the FA Cup final, and he puts charity games on every year. You know, out of the kindness of his heart, puts all the money towards the the charity, and. No, we normally have it every year. And obviously, there was the pandemic now. We couldn't have it this year. And um, we were just talking, having a conversation. And he asked me if I want to come and play a couple of games for him. Um, and I said, yeah. You know, you should sort of look on his face. It's like, it was, I think it was more of a tongue-in-cheek question than anything else. Um, but for me, you know, to be able to give something back to him for all his generosity he's done over the years. Because um, end day, he didn't need to put the charity games on. And he, and he wanted to do it for, for, to help the, the charity and the least I can do is do something for him. And, and this was a way of, of helping him and, and raising the profile as well, because he may not always get the recognition that he deserves. And for me to get back into football opportunity, you know, it's, uh, it's great. Awesome. It's great. So we'll get straight into the team. First question is, what's your <laughs> formation? Obviously, being a, a right back and a bit of centre back and a right wing back. Um, what formation have you gone for? Have you gone uber defensive or have you gone attacking? <clears throat> I've gone attacking. Uh, we're three yes. at the back. I've gone three, wow. two, three, uh, one. So, yeah. So, oh, three, that's two, the three, formation one. I've got. Oh, yeah, oh, oh. I've got to count now. I've got to count now. I think, what? Yeah. That's so, ten three, players. Two, three, yeah. three, two, three. No, three, I've got three, two, three, three, two. two strikers. Two oh. strikers. Two strikers. Three, two. Three, two. Yeah, three, I've gone John Barnes. Three. I've gone John Barnes, you know imagination, wow. formation. Attacking, like a lot of hard work. I like work. that, <laughs> that, that Boise, because when, when, when I, with the girls are our coach now, when we're chasing games, we normally play 4-3-3. If we're chasing games, I switch to a 3-2-3-2. Three, two, three, two. 
I like yeah. it. I like it. You know, yes. We're, we're very much possession-based, dominating the ball. <laughs> so if we lose the ball, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the, who's okay. the person then it's going to be left holding the can at the back when all your players are running forward? Who's going to be the goalie who has to sit got- there and go, what's going on? <laughs> What, what, yeah, go on, what, what we can do, yeah. Matt? You, you can explain. Yes, I mean, I mean, hopefully, like you can just give us a little bit of clues about, like, this, I mean, each player, and then we'll try and guess right before you actually say the name, sort of thing. If that makes sense, boy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no. So the first thing, I'll, I'll start back to my looting days when I was first trying to break into the team. Um, I managed to play a couple of games with him, um, but he was he went on to play in the Premier League. It was a fantastic shot stopper, great distribution with the ball. A, you know, his reactions was very, very good. He went down to the was it, south coast, you know, in the Bournemouth's um, Brighton area. Um, but yeah, for, he's a, a good character, a, a typical goalkeeper, should we say, character-wise. But, um, you know, I come across him a few times playing against him and, you know, he's still a fan, it was still a fantastic play, uh, shot stopper when I was his play. Um, Kelvin yeah, Davis? Kelvin Davis, yeah. For me, it was, um, when I was growing up, going through the ranks, I used to watch him play, and some of the saves that he used to make was absolutely fantastic. Um, great reflexes, and it's got, uh, uh, how he used to distribute the balls as well, you know, was, was excellent. And so, again, you must, did you play with Kirtland then? Did Kirk, I mean, at Wigan? Kirky play? played, yeah, yeah, Kirky played. Wow, um, that's, that's a big credit Credit to um, to Kel- for picking Kelvin. I mean, I mean, and I'm not saying that Kelvin wasn't a, a great goalkeeper. And you're right; he was he was probably one of the f- first goalkeepers I remember. Like, who should be half decent on the field, didn't he, um, Kelvin? Yeah. But, I mean, Kirkland went to yeah. Liverpool, didn't he? Played at Liverpool. Kirkland, we Liverpool? got we got Kirkland from from Liverpool. He went to Wigan. <laughs> um, Scott Carson as well was a, another fantastic goalkeeper, and uh, El Habsi. You know, yeah. has some brilliant goalkeepers. And um, the one that stuck out on me is, because I don't want to be too Wigan-based as well. No, um, that's good, man. He, he, um, but again, when I was coming through the ranks at Luton, I remember watching him and seeing some of the saves that he, he pulled off and then had the privilege of playing against him in the, in the Premier League as well. Um, yeah, I thought he, he should be my, my goalkeeper. Awesome. Excellent. Just to go back to the comment you made a minute ago, um, he's got a goalkeeper's personality. What do you two mean by that when you two are laughing and giggling at that? What, what, what is because I used to play in goal. What the hell is okay. that? What the hell is that mean? <laughs> yeah. and, and that's and that's a typical goalkeeper question. What do you mean? <laughs> but no, on the pitch, very, very brave. Um, you know, die, obviously, goalkeepers die about feet, and you know, obviously, some of the shots I have to pull out, you know, using any part of their bodies. Um, you have to be very brave and, you know, put that way. And off the pitch, the sense of humour tends to be a bit different as well, put it that way. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, they like a laugh, but yeah. players on the, fi- on the field don't always find the jokes quite funny. <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> fair, okay, in, the nicest, in the nicest possible way. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'll move on quickly if that's all right with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you got three at the back. Are you playing? Um, are you looking to play one sweeper or just three at the back? Um, all, all my three at the back are, are fullbacks, so they can bring the ball out and contribute to midfield. Wow. So we are a very, wow. very dominating player, ball playing defence. As I said, all comfortable on the ball. Um, my first one, he'll play on the left side of the centre backs. Um, he went on and played for Everton, captain Everton. Um, started his career at um, Wigan, you know, he had a wonderful left foot, um, went on played for England, I think he did, um, just recently retired, uh, a scouser, oh. Leighton Baines, he used to go up and Baines. down, Leighton Baines, Leighton Baines, yeah, yeah. you're playing you know, Leighton Baines in your centre-back three. This is going to be a back bonkers team, Emerson. <laughs> no, it's um, very much confidence, you look at Arsenal, they put Tini there. You gotta remember. Yeah. So yeah. not the height always matters. Cannavaro was the one of the best defenders in the world, wasn't the tallest. Um, as I said, we're very much possession-based football and we're chasing the games. And as Guardiola likes to say, we like to dominate and win. <laughs> and there's no slouch. So, he's, he's no, yeah. Well, yeah, no, you no can go. 
No, he was no slouch, babe, was he? No, he was no slouch. I mean, no. it was it wasn't electrically quick as yourself, because I remember you being very, very quick, but like, it wasn't no slouch, Leighton Baines. The, uh, and the reason why I, I've gone to this sort of formation as well is because you look at how Sheffield United have been playing. Their centre-backs get very much attacking. So I took inspiration from them as well. That's true. That's true. I got, I'm, I'm quite backing up at the moment. It's starting off well. It's starting off well. <laughs> uh, so, Bainsey, so what was he like as a young player? Obviously, a young player at um, Wigan before he went to Everton. Could you tell he would always make it? Um, or was he one yeah. of these... And what type of thing... From your experience and your experience well, Marv, what's the difference between a type of player that will make it and a type of player that won't? What, what's, what's the difference? Because you probably see so many come through you, Frank. So, I mean, Marv is an ex-U-team coach, mm. yourself being the, kind of at Wigan for so long. I think it's, it's to do with the mental, the mental toughness. I mean, they, you could have so many different things which could go against you. You might not be liked by a coach. You, you might add a a few injuries it's just the mental toughness of you believing in yourself and believing that you are going to be as good if not better than some of the players already playing in the team mm-hmm. yeah definitely I think with, with Leighton Baines you know the quality was there from a young young age um, he scored a, a magnificent free kick against Man United uh, in one of the games uh, I think we either went on to win 1-0 or drew 1-0 I can't remember the result uh, but he was a very good defender Contribution with the ball was was fantastic. Great free kick taker, and you know he was a, he went on to become a leader at Everton. So that shows you the potential that he had at a young age, where Everton thought it was you know as he grew up and got more mature, he had leadership skills from then. Uh, he was a voice in change rooms and and very very confident on the ball and uh, as a player. So another great guy to have in your team. Works very hard, and to fit into the system, I need hard working players. <laughs> All right, moving so, on. Yeah, so moving on to the other side of the of the centre backs, I'll put uh, Matt, um, he went on and played for Holland, um, Chelsea, Birmingham, um, yeah. Dreadlocks. Merchant, you know, I can't say his name. Melchior. Mario Melchior. Mario Melchior. Yeah. Mario Melchior. He was uh, another one that came to Wigan. Um, you know, obviously his height was very good, but he used to get forward with the ball. Um, leadership skill again. Another captain um, went on. He can he can take players on. Contributed with the ball, technically very, very good, like most Dutch players are. And he was a leader and he was a winner. You know, obviously don't go to Chelsea and, and play for your country if you want a decent enough player. And he was a very, very good player. Yeah, and he, he joined in after a few years. You're only there a couple of years before Mario joined. Mm. Um, what did, what I mean, did he kind of bring Wigan up a level just himself? Obviously, at that time, he didn't have, you guys didn't have that many players of that calibre coming to the club. What did he bring? What we brought it was experience and, and know-how. Um, he showed you how to be calm on the ball. You know, obviously from the, from where the teams that he used to play for, from Chelsea to Holland and obviously went to a bit with Birmingham, um, he was very composed on the ball. You know, he could take players on, he had a great um, a sense of humour as well. We used to like talking in the change rooms um, and he was a leader. Um, and as I say, I still contact, I'm in still contact with him now and he's such a great guy. Um, but more importantly, he was a winner. You know, and he brought us to another uh, uh, a change of mentality regarding that side in terms of where Wigan wanted to go. Excellent. What was he like in a dressing room? Go on, give us a story. What you say he was a bit of a funny man. You guys got on well. What what give it? What what was he? What type of personality was in a change room? Who did he get on well with? Who did he not get on well with? I'm not, he, he got on well with everybody. Um, you know, he he talked his mind, which I, I liked quite a lot because, you know, he was very much says his opinion. Um, some people can get away with it, some people can't. But he had a, a certain way about him where he used to voice his opinion without always offending people. Um, and as a captain, you need that know-how, how to bring people together. Um, and also how to get his point across without people taking it the wrong way. And yes, there's always going to be people taking it the wrong way. But again, he came with a wealth of experience and being in different change rooms and knew what needed to be done to, you know, to progress and win in certain games. And you know, that's what he brought to the change rooms. Awesome. And centre-back then? Or not centre-back, because you've got full-backs there. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to change it. I'm going to put another person oh, in. Um, yeah, I'll change it. I'll change it. I'll change it. I shouldn't, but I'll change it. Just because just you put that thought in my head now, I thought, do you know what? I might need to, like, 
I need an out and out defender that's going to be put in there. It, so no, 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 Last minute, last minute, the tin sheet was about to go in, and we just, you know, the chairman came down and had a little word. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to go for the original Wigan legend, uh, Aaron Dazu. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, my fault. But the reason why I put him in there is because he's an out-and-out defender, had a magnificent career at Portsmouth, um, at Wigan as well, led him to a cup final. Um, Portsmouth, again, he was in the, I think he was in the, the glory times at Portsmouth. I, I can't quite think of that this minute in time. But he went on playing for uh, another ex-player, uh, uh, Matty Taylor, uh, in that era. So, um, you know, he was, as I say, he went down to Wigan. You know, he's still a class as a legend down there. Led him to the Premier League, oh, helped him get to the Premier League. Played in the Premier League. Um, obviously, got into the cup final. And he's out and out leader. So, yeah, Aaron Dazu fits into my, um, the back so, three as an out and out defender. So, so, you can only pick 11 players, Boise. And yeah. I'm interested now to, who, are you going to mention the play you've just, Left out there. Who 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 have you, who have you put who in and axed out there? Who did you ax out? Who did you just get? I axed out a Honduras international who was a, a fantastic player. Um, he came on the scene from Honduras as, as more like, like a child than anything else. Uh, his first game, he he um, he he locked out Cristiano Ronaldo. That's how impressive he oh, was. Oh, Valencia. Valencia. He scored no. from the halfway oh. line um, against Stoke City. One of the goals of the season. Um, hard tackling Honduras international. I don't know, Andrew. Where was where was Palacios from? Honduras, it was his, his, his um, uh, teammate. Yeah, he's his teammate uh, as well. He's got the right country, uh, but no, yeah, right, a team, the right country. He was, um, know. he plays in America now. Uh, does he play? He plays for uh, I think it's DC, is it DC or? DC United, is it? That's where I am, yeah. DC United. One, 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 it's, it's two of them there. There's two different... I think there's DC United and there's another... Nah, I'm not going to get him. Is it, does, I'm not going to get him. He plays in America say, now. Who'd you, who'd uh, you throw Maynard, out? Maynard Figueroa. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was an amazing now I, player. No, but I, I think you're right. No, you've done a, even though the, you've changed it to late, I think you're right. The zoo, for me, yeah. I mean, you, I mean yeah. I'm up. I mean, I agree. I think he's he just edited it for me. But yeah, he's he an out defender, a typical, <clears throat> typical defender, and a leader and organizer. You know, yeah. and I had the privilege of playing with him a few times, and you know, he was a great, great guy. You know, he's still. And the funny thing is about him, um, I spoke to him last week because he plays in the charity games. He plays exactly the same way in the charity games as he does as, as a as when he used to play football. Just used to take people out. <laughs> just take people out. I ran past him and he had his elbow there and, took, and like hit me in my legs. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, sorry, boys. It just, it just a normal reaction. <laughs> so, but again, another great guy. So, so, yeah. So, moving to my two holding midfielders who have got a big job on their hands. Um, the first one, he went on to play for Man United, Captain Manchester United. He, plays, he played for Ecuador in centre midfield when he's played at Wigan. Um, it, now he's more... He's, a a, a Man-Night man player that people know him as a, a full-back and an attacking yeah. winger. Um, very strong. Fantastic with his right foot. And, um, you know, works really, really hard. Uh, no, that's you, Valencia. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, Valencia. Valencia, yeah. Valencia. No, and I, I played behind him quite a lot as right-back. He played in right, mid, uh, right, right wing. And all I need to do is give him the ball. Um, he was so strong and ability to take players on. And obviously he went on to play for Man United, but he was, um, you know, a fantastic player. So quick as well, you know. And um, yeah, he went on to have a magnificent career and, and he, I think he's still playing now. Right. Because he was one of those players when you, at Wigan where you looked at him and like you said, all, you saw pace and then obviously being on the first hand to see that day in, day in that training, he didn't, I, he looked like when he went to Man United, he was technically really, really good. He didn't really see that mm -hmm. over again. So was he, I mean, cause again, when you train with someone every day, was he technically as, as good as like what he really was? Or was he um, just maybe a little bit like a flash in the pan sometimes? 
as they call it. Yeah, no, he you got also probably got to remember when he's at Wigan, we was very much fighting relegation. Um, so it's more a case of hard work than actually expressing yourself. Um, and he done it for the team. And that what impressed me the most about him is because he was so hard working. Um, and he loved to tackle as well. That's the other side of it. He loves to tackle. Um, and obviously, when he went to Man United, he could express himself. And he showed a full potential of what he had um, um, in his game. You know, and obviously, Man United is a great stage. Went on to captain him as well. Um, and again, a guy that's very much will have the ball and take it for any situation and, and enter influence on the game, which he did at Wigan as well. He took us to another level. Great. Great player. Great, great pick. Yeah. Um, the other one is playing next to him. Yeah, the other one playing next to him is his, is his good friend as well. Um, he went on play for Tottenham. He started off at Burnham, went on play for Tottenham, and made a, a massive impact in their team. Um, he was he had everything in his game. For me, he had everything. He, he could tackle. He had the, the technical technique. You know, he can you know take players on, score goals. You know everything he won, and a, and a great guy. Um, he was the teammate of the player that I left out. Came from the same country as Honduras. Um, yeah, I won't get it. I won't get his name. name. You, you, you mentioned his name earlier, so did you I? probably would get him. Someone mentioned his name earlier. Went on to Andrew play for did, Tottenham Andrew. after. Oh, you mentioned Palacios. 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 Yeah, a, yeah. a fantastic player. To watch him in training every single day, you know the skills that he had, and he never stopped running. In Tottenham, he went to Tottenham and he brought another dimension to Tottenham's team at the time. But he never saw his full impact. He, I think he was more of a defensive player at Tottenham. But he could have everything. Box to box, dribbling, right. score goals. He had everything. Um, and obviously, circumstances in his, in his personal life disrupted certain things. But he, he, again, another great guy. Another, another great guy. You got quite a lot of um, South American influence or Central American, South American influence in there. Um, obviously, in your Wigan days, I wouldn't have imagined there's much culture from the South American, Central American up in the Wigan area. Um, how did those boys? Did they did they stick together? Did they um, try and kind of embrace um, as many people as they can, or or how did that kind of dynamic work? Um, at the time, we brought quite a lot in. Um, under Steve Bruce, he brought Palacios in and uh, Figueroa. Um, Henry Thomas came in as well. Uh, and then when Martinez came along, then we had a lot of South Americans. Alcaraz, who came from Paraguay, we had a few Brazilians. Um, and, it, and he brought a, a, a culture change, Martinez. He brought a lot of technically very good players into the mix. And for me, it changed the way I, I viewed football. You know, people talk about Arsenal, Wenger at Arsenal. And that was the same sort of effects that Martinez had at Wigan, where the, the British mentality when I was growing up through Wigan and to a certain Crystal Palace, you know, it was all about hard work, hard work, hard work, and, you know, fight and, you know, get into people's faces and all that sort of stuff. Where Martinez came along and the South American players came along and, and the Spanish one, it was all about calm. About being professional as one, looking after yourself, a different dimension where... You know, in my looting days, you just go for anything. Go for any sort of pain, you know, anything, just go for it. Doesn't make a difference. But, or go out on a night out for argument's sake and, you know, the cultural side of it. The South Americans came in and they taught us, well, they taught me in terms of how you look after yourself, um, the core work that needed, and, and how, you know, how you compose yourself on a football pitch. Don't be kicking it as hard as you can. Um, get the ball down and play. And it was a, you know, at, at, I think Martinez came out of Wigan when I was about 28, and he basically revamped how I played football. You know, as simple as it sounds about passing the ball, simple. He literally brought that into my game where I'm used to kicking the ball down the line, Steve Bruce, everything tight, defend first, get the ball up the other side of the field. And Martinez, as we see in football, um, you know, going now, is it was all about possession based. Uh, get the ball up from the defend from the goalkeeper and build from the back. And he, he taught me a lot from that football. And obviously the South Americans and the Spanish players, that's what they grew up in. That's what they knew. So it, it, it taught me a lot from the football aspects of that side of it. Fantastic. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm. Um, so will they move on to your more attacking midfielders? Yeah. Um, another boy, that uh, he started off at Crystal Palace. Um, he came to Wigan, went on to play for Nigeria, Chelsea, at Inter Milan now. 
Um, I, I think it was in Atlanta last season. I don't know if he's still there now. Very, very good player. Um, can take people on. Raw ability. Scores goals. Went to Turkey. So for the Barcia, I think he went to. Um, Moses? Victor Moses. Nice. Very, very good player. Very, very good player. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't get a move to Chelsea and Inter Milan if you was, uh, you know, an average player, put it, that, put it that way. And he's still got more to give. You know, at, at Wigan, he probably expressed himself a bit more than he does at, at Chelsea and Inter Milan because he's got to be more structured. But another player that will run up and down. And the reason why I play him outside because he can get up and down the pitch. Um, at Chelsea, he played wing-back. Um, and his formation, I'm playing, obviously, the three centre-backs. So he's a player that can get up and down and trust with the ball. And yes, arguably his best season I've noticed him for was that season at Chelsea where he was that yeah. wing-back under... Was it under Conte or was it, was Conte, it under Conte? Yeah. yeah, which is obviously yeah. why Conte's brought him across to Inter Milan, isn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah fantastic, fantastic player. And um, and it's really great that he's actually picked Nigeria, I think, because yeah. the whole world needs to see him. Um, he's that type yeah. of great player. Um, so you're, you're talking about on the right-hand side, lots and lots of right-hand-sided players. Um, where did you mm -hmm. prefer to play, uh, Boise? Right-back or central-back? Um, I like my wing back. Um, I like playing wing back. Um, reason be, uh, reason being is I could get up and now all four is a quite a decent finisher. Um, you know, and I started my career as a striker. Marv, anything to say to that, Marv? <laughs> you see, you see my goals. You see my goals. <laughs> Listen, to be to be honest with him, like, oh, actually, I was I was there when you scored your first goal for Luke. Uh, first ever goal for Luke. Can you tell us about that goal, Boise? I mean, I'm, I'm in yeah. there. I mean, do you, know, do you know what? I have to give credit to Marv um, for creating oh, my first me. goal. Yeah, Marv, yeah. He, um, he yeah, tried yeah, to clear yeah, it. Now. He tried to clear it. <laughs> <laughs> he, got a bit of a, he got a bit of a head rush. Um, he was in the, the other half. And I think the ball came to him and he sort of panicked. And he tried to clear it. And it sort of like came off the inside of his foot. Went across the box and I was at the back post knowing how Marv um, um, kicks the ball. Um, I just anticipated it was going to go that side of it and I managed to get around the back and tapped it in for my first senior goal. So you know, I have to give Marv know, credit you, that. You know what? Everything was there was so believable until you got to the bit where you started <laughs> off and said, Marv panicked. Everyone knows I'm that <laughs> laid back. Marv never panics, boys. Everything else is probably right. I might have miskicked it and all that bit. You're spot on, but... Panic? No, Marv never panics. Marv never panics. So that. Be fair. I do think that was a yeah. shot that you did have. I think. I think it was. I think I, it was I, a I shot. It. I listen. I'm very honest. I'm very, I'm very and honest. Andrew, bearing in mind, I scored on the edge of the six-yard box on the the far side. So it was Marv's shot, but it was going nowhere near goal. <laughs> it's spot on. Yeah, listen, I'm very honest. You're right. It was. It was a shot. It wasn't on target, and you anticipated it, and you did very well to finish it off. Yep. I wouldn't lie. It was definitely a shot. So not a training ground a routine. No, it wasn't. It was definitely not a pass. I know one hundred percent. So you were totally grateful for that. Be fair to him. He called my name as he shot. He did call my name. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just in case, yeah. Was it, was it your name he called? Was it another word we can't mention on this podcast? And then he said your name. I don't get to ask him that one. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, just talking about your goals, I mean, we saw one on line the other day you put up when you scored two in a game, was it? Two in a game? Yeah. I scored two in a game against Wolves, yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a funny, it's, that game was a funny game. I, I came off disappointed and gutted in that game because I should have scored a hat-trick. You know, um, the first one I scored, it was a header. Um, and then the second one was the volley from outside the box, um, top, top corner, which, um, yeah, I, I, probably one of my, my favourite goals. And then um, last couple of minutes of the game, I got put clean through. And I was one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. Really? What? I was one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. And Roddy Yeager was his last game of the season for, for Wigan. He was about to move on. And instead of shooting, I tried to pass it to him to have a, a send-off. And when you're in two minds... And I ended yeah. up just passing to the goalkeeper. <laughs> I ended up passing to the goalkeeper. So he didn't even score. I didn't even have a shot. I just literally just trickled to the goalkeeper. And I came off oh. the game gutted that, you know, that I didn't actually do anything. <laughs> but scored two goals. And, um, yeah, 
It was one of them so, that got away. So the game itself, have you have you actually got footage of the game? Did you did you see footage of the game after? Did you actually relive the moment when you probably were thinking now watching it, thinking I should have shot there or I should have done better in the past? So did you watch? No. Or was it one of them ones where it was just a memory of the game and you never never saw the game? Afterwards, yeah, it was it was more of a memory. Uh, I never watched the game again. Just seen the seen um, the goals, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I remember the game very well. It was our we survived with. Normally, we survived the last game of the season. We always go down to the last game of the season for a number of years, and we secured our our Premiership um, status with a couple of games to spare. So it was the first game we could actually enjoy the last game of the season. Right. The, the the ground was packed. Um, and it was, you know, I played wing back that game, that game as well, and and it was, I was lucky enough to score a couple of goals. So uh, it was one of them games that got away in terms of a hat trick. But wow, you know, great feeling. So yeah, so moving on to my other side, um, another player that that didn't fulfil his potential. Um, he went on play for we bought him from Newcastle. He went on play for Aston Villa. He had a cap for France. Um, he scored a memorable goal against Arsenal for us um, that helped keep us in the Premier League. He scored a goal against West Ham, again, that helped us stay in the Premier League after being 2-0 down. And he, he was a match winner. Um, a lot of people didn't really get on with him because he was a bit too flashy for some people's um, taste. Um, but he was a, a fantastic player, a, a fantastic player who dribbled the ball, who he could make, create something out of nothing. French, French. She's French. I, ain't I was going to say Laurent. I was going to say Laurent Robert, but you didn't sign Laurent Robert, did you? No, nah. no, nah. no. We're not going to get it. I don't know why I had him in my head. Well, I'm playing for France. Um, Charles in Zogbia. Charles in Zogbia. Oh yes. Okay, yeah. Charles in Zogbia. Yes. Um, people didn't really see his full potential, and that's the the when he moved to Aston Villa, um, probably didn't have the right manager. Um, um, without being disrespectful to the manager, you know, certain players will grow with certain managers, and and he didn't quite live up to his potential. Um, given the ball, he could take people on at will. Um, it's just his attitude wasn't always the best, and he used to wind people up by wearing like designer clothes, like designer hat, designer gloves in training, just to take the mick, you know, out of people. Um, didn't always go down too well, um, but fantastic ability. Yeah, well, so in Zogbia and Moses, you've gone for pace. Um, yeah. So at your prime, um, how quick were you doing the? Was it was it you measuring thirty meter sprints miles? Is it you do? You guys measure you sprinters measure it in twenty meters? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, there wasn't no as a professional. Were you, were you quick? Were you quick as a as a youngster? Yeah, that was that was my strength. Um, I, um, school school days, no one beat me in school into my last year, and I was and that's what made me so angry right because I never got beaten in school through districts through school um, races nothing 100 minute sprint was my with my race and the last year when I was 16 about to leave um, this boy rocked up with, with spikes and obviously went to athletic uh, athletic club and he was the only person to beat me in my school whole of my school um, term so but as a player I was quick um, that was my strength loved the one-on-one um, challenges um, and my my main strength was, you know, showing them down the down the line and then getting the tackling. Um, I was quite strong, and and my pace was my was my my, my main attribute. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you got those two on the wings. Who you can have as the main playmaker then to feed your two strikers? He was um we called him a little wizard at Wigan. Um, he was very very creative. Scored against Manchester United. Went on to play for Scotland. Played for Celtic. Um, Villa. He was a, a technically very, very good. Um, small guy. Um, give the ball to him. He can create, um, create, you know, create chances out of nothing. Um, yeah, he's a... Yeah. Mac Fadden, is it? Mac Fadden? No, 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 no. no? Oh, what's his name? I know... Aston Villa, he went to, didn't he? Yeah, he, um, <laughs> he, was, assistant to, he was assistant coach to Roberto Man, uh, um, Martinez at Belgium. Um, done on the coaching staff. Uh, for the for the loss qualifiers and stuff like that. Oh, I uh, I know it now. I know. Oh, he, he scored a great goal against Manchester United for us to win one nil. Um, cut inside, curled it in top corner. 
Sean Maloney? Sean Maloney. Sean Maloney. Yeah. yeah. Sean Maloney. I put him in there. He was uh, another player that went to watch him in training. You know, he was, he was very, very good. He could do a lot with the ball. Um, great think of the great think of the game. Um, and he came up with, with some, um, you know, some, some important goals. Uh, great free kick taker um, and a creative player. And obviously set up the goal for Ben Watson in the, in the FA Cup final. That's right. Yeah. Beautifully. Which beautifully brings us to a segue. FA yeah. Cup final. Talk us through, yeah. talk us through FA Cup final day. Um, what was it like, uh, first of all, in terms of getting there? Um, and what was the feeling in the days and, days and weeks leading up to it? Was it something that Wigan as a town embraced? Um, do you know what? It was, it was strange because as, as crazy as this sounds, we had a, a more important game on the Tuesday against Arsenal to keep us in the Premier League. So going into the cup final on a Saturday, because um, I think that was the first time the cup final was in season. Normally it's at the end of the season, I think it is. Yeah. But this was in season. Uh, Man City were the, the Premier League champions at the time, I think they were. Um, we played them two weeks before. And we come off that game disappointed that we didn't get a, at least a draw, let alone a win. Because yeah. we dominated quite a lot of the game. Um, they only had about two shots on target for the whole game. And if you remember Man City at the time, they're very much rampant, creative. Um, and it was a... And Tavares scored a, a wonder goal late on in the game. I, I think it was the 80th minute or something like that to win the game. And we came off disappointed. So we went into the cup final quietly confident, not thinking that we were actually going to win the game. But, you know, in the morning, I remember looking around and changing. Everybody was calm. Um, the team talk was, was... I didn't even really need to put a team talk out there. Um, it was a case of, you know, I think it was something like look around, um, about to create history. You know, don't leave here no regrets. Play for each other, fight for each other, and believe. Um, believe was our biggest thing at the time. When little Joseph, who was in the, in the background here, he was our lucky mascot. Um, he's, he's, he, he suffers from a, a rare condition. Who he wasn't meant to survive um, at birth, and I think he's eleven years now. Eleven years old now. So it shows wow. you the, the determination that he had as a as a child going through, and he was he was classed as a lucky mascot. And I didn't know he had Joseph go on his back. Um, I just simply asked the, the parents, can I carry him out rather than push him out? Because uh, I felt more comfortable that way. And, you know, it's obviously it's captured a lot of people's imagination and, and image. And, I, you know, I've got loads and loads of letters from, from that picture regarding that side of it. You know, growing people saying, they had tears in their eyes, um, how I held him. So for the charity, this went from a little charity to millions and millions of people watching. And, you know, it's the least I could do for that charity. But as a as a cup final on the day, we we went into it confident. Um, Martinez just said to us, "Just keep the ball and pass." Um, that's as as simple as that sounds. Just keep the ball. Um, I remember Dave Wheeling coming in before the change before the game and saying to us, "Enjoy this game," you know. Obviously, he went out. You know, he played in the cup. I think played in the cup final and broke his leg, and he never, you know, got to play. I don't know if he didn't play again or that always always the story of Wigan. You know, throughout the years, he is a chairman. He always used to come bring that, that story up about him breaking his leg in the cup final. So for him to be able to bring his team back to the cup final yeah. at Wembley um, was a, a magic moment for him. Um, the game itself, Matt Manneman was uh, someone that I wanted to get into this team, but Matt Manneman was on fire that game. A person who went to Luton and didn't, you know, it frustrates me. And I, I tell him straight, it frustrates me because he has so much potential and he's never, ever lived it. Um, that cup final, you just give them the ball and he just tore cliche, who was one of the best at the time. Um, you know, he created chance after chance after chance, full of running, take players on and put Ban City on the back foot. And the interesting thing about that day was we played with three centre-backs and we had no main striker. So Maloney played in the messy role, should we say, as number 10. And our strikers played as more like wingers than actually strikers. So Man City centre-backs didn't have no one to mark. But their full-backs, we kept them back. And we was on the attacking foot for a whole game. Um, and obviously, Ben Watson came up with a fairy story tale. He broke his leg early in the season, came back, came on the sub, scored a winning goal. And, uh, and it was a, a game that we deserved to win, you know. And, and, you know, what can you say? As a young boy growing up, Alpha Royce Park in Ellsbury, thinking about scoring the winning goal in the FA Cup final, 
Um, I didn't score the goal, but to be able to lead the team up and lift the, uh, lift the trophy was a, a magical moment for myself. Wow. Fantastic. I know, um, like, I was explaining to Andrew before we came on that both you and I have the thing in common of being from Ellsbury. And Ellsbury yeah. is a, a small town just outside Oxfordshire, which over the years, even before myself and Boise, had produced a lot of players, didn't they, Boise? I mean, yeah. I'm not sure if you remember um, Floyd Street. Um, yeah. He was played for Elgin United. And there was a couple of other, I think, um, Palmers. I think the Palmers. There was a, a, yeah. who should go and so. play for the, that team up the road at Shittridge Road. So, yeah, there was a, quite a few who went there. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it, you know, obviously we, you know, won the cup final on a Saturday. We travelled back to Wigan. We didn't celebrate. It was not how I thought winning the FA Cup final would have been. We didn't celebrate or nothing. And we had to prepare straight away for the Arsenal game on a Tuesday. So it was like uh, we won the cup. And then we went to Arsenal and got relegated. So it was like went from the highest of high to the lowest of low in terms of didn't actually know how to handle that situation. And the fans, we had a parade at the end of the season. And we didn't know what kind of turnout would be. And the fans came in there you know, came in there thousands to, you know, line the streets of Wigan. And all the fans kept saying to us, you know, we brought joy to their lives. You know, we played in the Premier League. We always survived on the last day, but the fact is we won the FA Cup and we wouldn't change it. If you're going to get relegated from the Premier League, this is the best way to do it. And nobody, nobody will change the fact that, you know, we get asked quite often where we change the, the FA Cup for staying in the Premier League. And not one Wigan fan that I've ever come across said that we'll never change it. You know, the FA Cup wins... FA Cup means more to them uh, than staying in the Premier League in that year. Is that the same for the players? Yeah, I think so. I, I look back at it now, and as a player, you, you know, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to play in, a, you know, you know, in that top level for such a long time. But you know, to looking back at it now, to have, have actually have something to look back on and say you won. You know, people don't really people don't really associate me or, or talk about me in terms of playing in the Premier League. They 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 talk about me being a, a FA Cup winner. You know, and, and, and that's a, a prestige title that not many people have got. Um, he's had a fantastic career, but not a lot of people have got, and I'm lucky enough to be able to, you know, show my medal and have one. What, what was the reason why, because that's a bit of a shame, actually, what you've just said there, that your last game was after the FA Cup, because I know it would have been um, nice to be relegated, but then go into the cup final, but... I'm sure if you would have been relegated and then got into the cup final, there would have been like, whoa, even more of a bit of a celebration than probably what there was for you guys actually on the day and stuff. I don't, I don't you know, being honest, I don't think, we, if, the, if the FA Cup final was at the end of the season, I don't think we would have won it, um, to be honest right. here. Um, reason being is because it was still in mid-season. Uh, not mid-season, but it was still in the season. And maybe Man City was still focusing on, on whatever. And everything just clicked for us on that day. I still believe it was either one or the other. I think if we lost the lost the FA Cup, we would have, we would have stayed in the Premier League. I think it was one or the other for me anyway. Um, but I just think the mentality was like we had no pressure on us whatsoever, um, and that probably helped us more than anything else. And with, because as we had the Arsenal game on a Tuesday, it was for more more focused on the Arsenal game than actually the Cup final. Yeah. So I sort of take the pressure away from us, and we just went there with freedom to play, not expecting nothing. So I think that really, I think that helped us more than anything else. And what what was the feeling? Give us some words just to describe lifting that trophy. Ah, oh, it's um, surreal. Um, you know, walking up those steps. You know, when you're young, you watch the FA Cup on TV and you see the captains walking up the steps, and they always talk about how long those steps are walking up, and um, and then when you actually get to the top of it and looking around and you just see a see a blue shirt, a blue flags, and and all that, you, you know. It, 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 you have to go pinch yourself. Um, and then you're looking around. And funny, remember Stuart Douglas, uh, Mark? Yeah. yeah. His mum was there. His mum, obviously, <laughs> they, got, yeah. So as I walk up the stairs, his mum showered me and grabbed me. And I'm like, what? You know, it's like seeing a familiar face in a surreal, surreal moment. Bev. And seeing someone. Bev. It was Bev, um, wasn't it? Bev, her name was Bev. Yeah, Bev. Bev? Yeah. No, we used to yeah. play with his son at, at Luton. Where obviously, yeah, when it Stuart started Douglas, off. Yeah. Talk of a fast yeah, player. He was a fast player. Very fast player. Um, and you know, walk up the stairs, and she's there. I'm like, you know, it's it's like, what was going on here? And and then the moment to lift the FA Cup and look around and 
just pure joy that came out. Um, and unfortunately for me, you know, um, I had to go and do a drug test. <laughs> so I missed the celebrations in the actual change rooms. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? So as I was on the pitch, celebrating on the pitch, and as I was walking back to the change rooms to go in with the cup, they took the cup away from me and I had to go into a room and do the drug test. So I missed oh. all the celebrations in the change rooms. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so... But they pull but, you aside and then they make you do that. I mean, the celebrations, uh, obviously everybody jumping in. What, what happens in there? Loads of fans don't ever get to see it. Obviously, they see some of the videos more these days in terms of the champagne and things like that. Or was the party pretty pretty docile because, as you say, you had the Arsenal game? Um, it, was, it, was no, it was no celebration whatsoever for me. Um, obviously, when I, asked, I stayed in the room for quite a long time. So by the time I came out, everybody had gone. <laughs> Everybody got in there. You have to get a taxi home. <laughs> yes. The bus had gone. Yeah. So everyone's on the bus waiting for me. So, you know, and I had to go back up, I had to go up the stairs and collect the, 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 because everybody left the trophy. So I, I was unlucky enough to be able to get a picture of the trophy and everything like that. And obviously I'll take it with my family and then take it back on the bus. But everybody, everybody already had their celebrations done and everybody's back on the bus waiting to go back home. And I had to wait for me to finish my drug test and then, you know, <laughs> then go back on. So, for me, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's strange, you know, this moment where you see the celebrations and think about how you celebrate to actually, was no celebration whatsoever, got back on the bus, went back to Wigan, had a day off, and everybody around us won on a Sunday. So it was sort of like, again, it was like a, a feeling up there to actually, on a Sunday, watching all the other results, and you're thinking, okay, we're in trouble now. We've got to actually go to Arsenal, who hadn't played for two weeks, was chasing the Champions Arsenal needed to win to get into the Champions League. So we already knew the, the task ahead of us. Yeah. And I, I think we went into the game one, I think we went to half time one all. So, and then about the 50th minute, we just blew up. Um, we had nothing left in the tank. And um, obviously, they scored, and it, yeah, that rest is history. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks for that. Um, so, yeah. Brikers. Are we going to hear any Palace players or any Blackpool players or are we all Wigan? Yeah. Um, um, well, I've got one Luton player in there before. Um, this one... <laughs> I'll just get that in there. Um, I'll go back to my Crystal Palace days on this one. Um, a Bedford-born, Bedford very yeah. good player. Um, you know, went on to play for Everton. Yeah. Um, at Crystal Palace, we, in the Premier League, we just set up as basically everybody else to defend and just let him play up, up front by himself. Um, and he managed to get, I don't know how many goals he got that season. He got a lot of goals that season. Uh, a lot of penalties. I think he got about 20 goals or so uh, in, a rele in a relegated team who basically defended and just literally said to him, you do everything. You just, we'll defend and we'll give you the ball and you just score us the goals. Yeah. And he Andrew was absolutely Johnson. fantastic. Andy Johnson, yeah. Andy Johnson. Andy AJ, we call him. You know, he went on to play for Everton. I think he played for England as well. Um, another player was Fulham. He went on to play for, you know, a natural, natural goal scorer. Wasn't the biggest, but his determination, his work rate, finishing ability, you know, and, you know, a great, another great guy. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he should have, well, he did. We had, had a magnificent move to Everton and, you know, became a hero up there as well. So one of the natural finishers I, I come across. Yeah, he always came across as a quite a, quite a funny guy um, who loved his who loved his football, loved his loved his mucking about um, as well. Mm. So it was nice to have that pretty kind of different personalities when you were in a relegation team. Obviously, you had it at Wigan for quite a while. You were relegated with Luton, um, so you had it for a number of times. Unfortunately, your career is it good to have some of those jokers around the place as well, like Marv as well. Yeah, Marv was one of the jokers. Yeah, he was one of them. Um... Yeah, but you need him. You know, obviously he was a captain as well. Uh, sometimes just need to break the ice um, and, and keep that um, team morale together. You know, we're going to have up and downs depending on the results and depending on what's going on in the football club. So you need someone that can break the ice and, and not take themselves too seriously um, and also interact with the whole group. And that's what they, they tend to be. People that are quite funny and, and like making jokes interact with the whole group, and which is always important. Yeah. I heard, I heard someone's heard as well about Andy Johnson that um, there were rumours going around the press that he played for the penalties. I take it there was no truth in that? 
he had to do something because um, the rest of us was down in our own half defending. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, nah, he was, um, do you know what, he's, he's one of them players where he was so quick and, and he was small. Um, you know, Marvel say yourself, when, when you're getting those, those small players, the, the slightest touch, they go over. Um, and he always used to be able to get his toe in just before the defender came in. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's knocking off balance. Um, some of the tackles that used to go in on him, you know, were quite harsh as well. So, you know, as a striker, you need to make your opportunities and, you know, it is part of the game. Um, and the defenders, you know, as, as we know, we have to be smart enough not to put ourselves in a situation where we're giving the referee a decision to make. And AJ was very, very good at uh, committing defenders and, and making them ch- um, dive in on the challenges, which more often than not got him a, got him a penalty. Yeah. So, so last night, yeah, yeah. So my um, the main one for me was um, a target man who would, you know, if in a team he would have done very very well with AJ. Um, the most probably one of the most underrated players um, that's around. To be honest with you, um, he gets a lot of stick. You know, I don't understand why. He's had a fantastic career. Started off at Leicester, went on to play for Liverpool, uh, England. Um, scored in that famous, I think it was 5-1 when England beat Germany in Germany. Um, yeah. Came to Wigan, um, a massive, massive target man. And the year that we stayed up in my first year in 2006 against Sheffield United, he was our main striker, but I was also our main defender. You know, anything that came into that box, he got away. Or anything in the attacking, he held up. And he was unplayable that day. Um, I've had a couple of battles against him. Uh, very, very strong. Um, can't get the ball off him and very, very good technically. And he scores some good goals from outside the box that people don't always associate with him with. Um, but the most humble of humble guys that you'll ever come across. Um, yeah, he's a... Emil Heskey, Emil Heskey. Emil Heskey, yeah. Emil Heskey, you know, what a player. Um, the compliments that he gets from former teammates anyway. You hear Michael Owen and Robbie Fowler saying he's the best player um, to play with. Um, because he does so much work outside the box that if he was probably more selfish enough, he would score more goals. But he done everything for the team. Um, and as I said, that Sheffield United game, his job was to attack and, and be our main attacker. He's been our main defender. <laughs> and we, without him, I, I don't think that we would have survived that game and survived relegation because, you know, he brought so much to the team. A leader of leaders in terms of his presence on the pitch. Um and I say he gets so much stick, I don't, I don't understand why. Um, but for me, he was a, a fantastic player, fantastic leader. And, and again, I'm most, uh, I can't talk highly enough about his, his personality. I, I, I agree with you. Um, can you hear me still? Yeah. Oh, no. This, anyway, so he does get so much stick because I feel that it's, it's not really fair, to be honest, like you said, because yeah. if you speak to the likes of Owen and Fowler, they compliment him so much. And even as a youngster at Leicester, was it Leicester he started? Mm. Yeah. Leicester? Yeah. He was like, yeah. he was a young kid, but like at the same time a beast playing in a yeah. man's game and holding his own. So I just yeah. don't know why it is that over the years, I think, especially when he was playing, that he, people gave him a lot of stick, saying he doesn't really do this, he doesn't really do that. And those are the ones players probably who of doing the most work out of everyone when you're looking at the, the team yeah. in general, especially when it was for England, because I think he got a lot of criticism when he was playing for England, but like you said, it's very unjust. Yeah. yeah. And I say, he, you know, you know and he scored a lot of goals for us that season as well. Um, he came in and say it was a bit, I think he, I think he came from Liverpool. I can't, I can't quite remember where he came from regarding when he came to Wigan, but I remember he signed the same time as me. Um, and I'm coming from Crystal Palace and, we had some, we had, you know, we had a, a few superstars in that in that team, but going to Wigan and you go playing against, you're playing with Emil Heskey, who just, you know, played for England, played for Liverpool. You know, for me, it was a, a massive, massive eye opener. Again, how he handled himself, um, the way he used to train, uh, the knowledge he had of the game was was valuable to me. Um, and again, you know, playing against him in training, you know, benefited me so much. Playing against bigger players. On uh, on a on a Saturday in the Premier League, um, and if you can mark Heskey in trading, mm-hmm. 
when it comes yeah. to other players on the pitch on the side, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, you fancy your chances against the other people on the, on the pitch. Correct. So, um, yeah. yeah, he was, um, uh, yeah, a fantastic guy. Again, the most humble and, you know, I still talk to him now and he's, he's a great guy. Excellent. So, now we come to the manager. Who's going to lead this team? Who would, who would, who's would who been the best manager? Well, I mean, I've, you've played under a lot of good managers, but who's the one manager you've gone for to lead this team it, it was two, it was choice between the two um one was personal or was a personal one for me um you always have a manager who believes in you um and Ian Dow was a manager that believed in me uh, at my Crystal Palace day um and that's probably the best the strongest and fittest I ever felt in my whole career uh regarding him and the belief that someone put into you in terms of how you play your game he knew your strength he knew, knew your weaknesses and he just let you play. Um, he was he was that manager to me, and I owe him quite a lot uh, regarding my career and my development. Um, but to manage this team, um, for me, it only can be one person. Um, the style of football I want to play, possession-based, dominating that ball. Um, he obviously manages now Belgium, um, the, the national yeah. team. Uh, went on to play, uh, went on to manage Everton, won the FA Cup at Wigan. Um, and it just shows you the, the progress he has on, had in his career in terms of managers. Yeah, I mean, Martinez has done great to come all the way across from, as well as that, from Swansea. A lot of people don't realise he, he yeah. was a, um, and, and played a bit of time as well in English football. A lot of people think he just, he just managed in England, but he also obviously played as well for a little while. Um, also played at Wigan as well, I think, didn't he? So he's, yeah. he's always had that link yeah. to Wigan. Yeah. He played at Wigan in the class of the Three Amigos when he first came in, in the lower leagues. Um, but... You know, when he first came to Wigan, uh, we had Steve Bruce before, who was very much defensive. And, you know, you see the Newcastle team now, very much disciplined, defensive, tight, don't give nothing away. And Roberto came in from uh, Swansea. And he told us, look, I don't want to play that. I want to play expansive football, possession base, get the ball from the goalkeeper. And we look at him thinking, we just finished 11th in the Premier League. The, you know, one of the best seasons that we had. Uh, kept so many clean sheets. Hard to beat. And now you want to tell us to play this expansive football. No, I mean, we were like shaking our heads thinking it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, but be fair to me, stuck to his principles, his philosophy. Um, and when it went right, you know, we went on to beat Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, um, Tottenham, you know, Arsenal, biggest clubs that we had never beaten before. And we went on to beat these teams. Um, and we always managed to survive in the last day of the, uh, of the season. Philosophy-wise, he believed in it. Uh, believe in his players, give him a chance, keep the ball. Tactically, he was very, very advanced. Um, and as I say, he just believed in his way of playing football. Whether we could, we went to Tottenham, lost nine-one. And first time in my career, I, you know, first time in my life, <laughs> you know, even in schoolboy football, I never even, I never lost four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Four-nil, let alone I'm losing nine-one in in the Premier League. And we went there the year after, and we beat him one-nil. Just purely because he, he he believed in his own philosophy of how we we played, and um, he never changed it. And fair play to him. You say he won the FA Cup playing that way, and now playing Man City in the Cup final. Yeah, excellent. What's um, are you still in contact with um, Martinez as a on a kind of personal level? And um, I mean, what's he saying to you in terms of obviously he's, he's at Belgium right now um, and coaching them. What does he say, as he mentioned, differences or what he enjoys or um, anything like that? What's he saying there? Yeah, he plays in the charity game every year as well, um, which, you know, credit to him. We play at Ashton Town, you know, a non-league team. Um, and he comes over for the charity as well every single year. Um, and even last year, he came out, last year, last game we played, um, he was preparing for, the, um, before, preparing for, for Belgium uh, in that competition. And he still flew in and, and, and showed his face for the, the charity and then flew back out um, to get uh, to, for the team. So that shows you the credit of the, of the, the, the guy. Um, as a person, you know, he's always welcoming. Um, you can pick up the phone to him and you can ask a question, whatever it is. He always answers the phone and, and he'll get back to you. Um, the difference is he probably mentioned quite, it's just ability. You know, I think if, if you're managing De Bruyne and... Some of the players that he, that he got at his disposal, Hazard and that, you know, all he can be is in uh, awe of, of the talent that's there. And, you know, coming from Wigan, <laughs> coaching the players at Wigan to coaching the players at Belgium, <laughs> you know. But 
it gives him a license to, to put his philosophy across, um, which he is doing and he's, he's making great success of it. Mm. Definitely. Excellent. So, Boise, um, want to thank you for coming on My Best Eleven. Just so that you know, for some of the listeners, now, what are you? What are you at now? What? Are, what? What? What sort of things are you doing now? Um, are you still involved in the game? Are you? You've mentioned about the charity. Um, I know you've got your own, like, podcast as well. Just like, give us a little bit about what you're up to now. Yeah, um, um, I've recently come out of retirement and and go back to playing for, as I said, the Ashton Town. Um, I've come back to play for them for a little bit. Um, I'm doing my own academies here in up north. Um, also about to uh, launch one in, in Barbados as well, uh, as well as my foundation in Barbados. Um, I feel like I've got a platform to give something back to the country. Um, Barbados, I play for them at, at international level. And, you know, we, we're trying to create opportunities for younger generations to come through, whether it's through football, education base anything, um, just trying to create pathways and, and make an impact, positive impact in people's lives. Um, so that's one of my um, um, ambition and, and goals to achieve uh, launching the foundation is to create opportunities. Um, also helping the Barbados Football Association with um, the strategy of, of Barbados football, um, trying to help, um, again, create pathways for the national players um, not just in football in terms, but as a person, as knowledge, so they give the opportunities when they do go on trials to other countries to give them know-how and understanding what it is to, to make it into a professional game. Um, but more than anything, I'm just enjoying life. Um, you know, and I think you can't tell that for, you know, especially with this pandemic that's going on, you know, I think it's just, just important to enjoy life. Um, uh, I'm lucky enough to be an ambassador of Street Soccer USA who are a homeless organisation and an ambassador for um, Wigan Health Group, which, which is a, a mental health um, a group. And you, you don't realise so many people's stories and, and a simple hello, simple being there has had so much impact on people's lives. And that's the least I can do. So for me, I'm just enjoying life and enjoying listening to people and, and contributing to what I, can, uh, what I can contribute to. Excellent. And you, you uh, your own podcast, is, is it the Emerson Boys podcast? And I know you've just had a couple of episodes and it's quite new, similar to ourselves. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah, Emerson Boys podcast has um, just been launched. Uh, it's just a case of, you know, as yourself, like yourself, and I'm hoping to get you on very, very soon. Uh, it's just a case of um, former players, current players, um, anyone that's connected to football to give an insight, whether it's through mental health, whether it's through their own experiences in football um, and outside of football, we want to hear the success stories, let alone you know, people hear about bankruptcy and, and what happens to footballers when they fall off. But we want to um, hear the, the success stories as well. So it's something that I'm very interested in, in, in doing. So I just thought, do you know what, you know, this minute in time, let's go and do the podcast. Um, and, you know, it's, it's again, you know, just like yourself, hearing people's stories uh, and getting people back in contact. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of players out there who fallen out of the game who needs, not needs, but got so much uh, experience and stories to tell that that gets lost. So exactly the same as your podcast that we're doing now um, is hearing former players' stories. No, that, that's excellent. And, and just for me, being an, an ex-teamer of yours, I'm always, I mean, I said to Andrew, I'm always in, interested in what is your most memorable looting game and why? Um, the most memorable would be, I've got two. Um, two oh, go reasons on, being, go on. Go on, I've got two. Okay. Um, one, obviously, my first goal, uh, my first uh, a senior goal, which Marv has, as he said before, <laughs> had a massive, massive influence on. Um, the Ellsbury connection, I, I thought he was going to say that, but hey. Um, and then, you know, you know, to score your first goal at that level, you know, was a, 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 a dream come true for me. I never knew my, where my career would, would end up from there. Uh, another game was the Brentford game. Um, I, scored, I scored two against him as well. Um, and again, I scored a hat-trick. So, you know, to score as a defender, two goals in the game, um, you don't often get that often. You don't get that often. So, you know, that's one of the, the two games that I remember the most. Excellent. Andrew, anything? No, it's, it's just lovely to hear from somebody so passionate still about football and 
somebody who's still heavily involved. And um, also, yeah, mental health-wise, I think it's a fantastic message to try and get across yeah. there, um, especially with, well, not just the pandemic that's going on across the world, but, but just generally speaking. Um, it's a really great message to put across. So um, are there any particular websites or anything like that regarding uh, mental health that people should be aware of or that you know of, Emerson? Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say particularly website. I think if you're, if you're got any concern or anything, just get to your local one, uh, a cancer. I've, I've gone to a cancer myself um, when I came out of football um, and forget about the stigma. It helps, uh, helps to talk. So I wanted to say one of them. I'd just say, you know, if you're in whatever area you're in, um, just pick up that phone and, and contact your nearest counselor or just talk to a friend or talk to anybody um, and to get, to, you know, not get some help, but just um, get some advice and just, just share the burden. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I agree. Awesome. Well, thanks very much uh, for your time, Emerson, um, boys, um, and listening to your um, starting 11. Um, my best 11 team is fantastic to hear and um, looking forward to getting some feedback from the fans and I'm sure you'll be more than happy to engage with them when they uh, whenever have a debate with debate with the team that you put out um, really great 100%. to hear and thanks very much for your time thanks very much take care yes. keep safe <laughs> and you Boise thank you very much take care no All right.